something called the five star shout out. Saturday morning. Hope y'all had a beautiful new year. This is the first show of the new year. Hope y'all had a beautiful new year. Great to see my fans and family out there. I'm excited. I'm back here with my host, the Chocolate Girl. How you doing, Chocolate Girl? Hey, Dan Dan. What's going on? Happy New Year. This is the first show of the new year. Really excited. Excited to be here. Did you have a good New Year's week? Yeah, I had a good New Year's week. Uh, went, went back to work. Uh, the kids wasn't too bad, wasn't too wacky. Everything been all right. So that's good. Back to work, yeah. been having a good time. So did I. I got to see my grandbaby. You know, when I see the grandbaby, everything's everything. You know. That's right. That's right. That little boy. You know, he'll that's be one. He'll be one in three weeks. That's good. Can't that's believe good it. Definitely good to hear. Progression. Time that's will right. go by fast. Well, you know, you know. Yeah. Don't go by fast. Don't go yeah. by real fast now. Yeah. Um, well, listen, as y'all know, today we got two special guests in the building because today is our segment, God damn that DJ made my day. It's one of my favorite lines in Run DMC, you know, uh Peter Piper. But we have uh DJ E Rock in the building. What's up, what's up, what's up? How you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. Yes, yes. And Welcome. we have DJ Travis in the house. Yeah. Travis Gales, DJ Travis, Travis Gales. Hey, hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Pleasure to be here. Yes. Glad to have y'all. Definitely glad to have y'all. Uh, how was y'all week before we get into all this ruckusness of DJing? <laughs> <laughs> Either one I'll, of you. I'll let Eric go first. He was here first. Well, why, why don't you go first? Because actually, I got the train rolling through, so <laughs> I don't, I don't want to... I'm going to try right. to figure out a way to mute myself. Well, once again, thank you guys for inviting me. I love that that I am on the first episode of the new year because once you, you know, once you experience the first, you can never do the first can never be duplicated. So thank y'all for All being right. here. And uh, and this week is so good. It went by so fast, of course, as all the years seem to be now. And um, and so I'm just like, optimistic and excited. Uh, I think uh, I mean I, I'm hearing stories that people are. Uh, still catching COVID, so we just need to be mindful of that. But the venues are still open, and the phones are starting to ring uh, with opportunities and gigs. And so, um, so the week went pretty good for me uh, from a DJ standpoint. Great, great. That's good to hear. No. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. New, New Year's week uh, was good. It was almost kind of a, uh, a, a for our family a, a salute, not only to the new year but to the end of December. Uh, the holidays were. 
you know, holidays can be rough, man, when you're hosting and family and organizing everything and cooking yeah. and my wife's birthday is also in December and uh, there was some business travel in there. So it was just probably three months worth of activities crammed into one single month, which of course you enjoy because you're around friends and family and it's all enjoyable. But man, I'm, I'm sure you guys know it can sometimes get very exhausting. <laughs> yeah. So it was, a, it was a celebration of the new year and a celebration of, uh, you know, kind of whew, taking a taking a little break from December. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm glad that y'all could both be here on the show and actually uh, let people know exactly about yourselves. But you know what, uh, E-Rock, could you do an introduction about yourself so that people can know exactly who you are? Well, my audience, I know a lot of people do know you, but I'm going to say my audience can know exactly who you are. Yeah, th thank you. I'm, uh, I am a DJ. I've been DJing since 2012, uh, but I'm also a sort of a one market, one football team, one sport, social media personality in Philadelphia, where, uh, where, where I do videos for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I've worked for the Philadelphia Eagles. I've worked for NBC Sports Philadelphia. Uh, I've had my own podcast and uh, mostly Eagles related, but I still rock a tailgate DJ in it. Uh, and still rock a party DJ in it. And um, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much my story. That's good. That's good. DJ, DJ Travis Gals is in the house. All right. Thank you. Introduction. thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Yeah. Uh, again, my name is DJ Travis Gales. I'm from Raleigh. I like to say Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. And uh, I've been, I'm, well, I think I'm going to be 58 this year. I started DJing when well, my, my passion for DJing started at 14. I do have a Philadelphia connection. Um, my parents uh, both lived in Philadelphia in the 50s and 60s. And my mom, she's a, a graduate of Temple University. And uh, in the early 70s, we moved to North Carolina to this little country, little small rural town uh, in Scotland County, North Carolina. And uh, we brought with us a great record collection. And at that time, there were no radio stations and there were no DJs or anything. And my family was just well known for for our music collection. And um, and that's where it started for me in 1971. And then in, uh, I guess, sort of the late 70s, I had a set of relatives that moved from the South Bronx, just as Grandmaster Flash and African Bambada was developing hip hop, and they would bring the mixtapes uh, from the parks. And that those mixtapes just fascinated me uh, back in 77, 78, 80. And I just, from that point on, I just wanted to be a DJ. And then that led to me starting my own mixtapes in the 80s. And then in the 90s, I was a radio personality here in Raleigh for 97.5, K97.5. And then in the 2000s, I switched to marketing and sales. And, uh, and I, you know, I worked with promoters and club owners and promoting events. And then in 2010, I got inspired again to start back DJing because of the all the technology and uh, that was available that inspired me again. And so now I host a Friday night mix show here in Raleigh, Durham on 90.7 FM playing old school from the very same songs I, I started listening to back in the early seventies, all the way to now. And I, I got a couple of bars I DJ at and I DJ a, uh, a corporate events and festivals. There's a festival I do every summer here in Durham called the Playlist Concert Series where the first Friday of every month we broadcast my radio show in the park in Durham. 
and uh, and then we bring a live band, and then it's it's live on the radio, and it's about three or four thousand people out there the first Friday of every month, May through October, and so we've done it uh, I think three years now, and so I'm starting to get known for that, and so um, I'm looking forward to 2023 to taking it to the next level. All right, that's, that's good. awesome. That's definitely good to hear. Now, as I said in the beginning, um, I run DMC. Goddamn, that DJ made my day. That's one of my one of my favorite songs. It's one of my favorite lines right there. But as y'all being DJs, y'all get hired for these events. And I want to know from y'all being DJs, how important is y'all role? How important do y'all feel y'all role is as a DJ to make sure this party is rock or having a great time? Oh, it's super important. I mean, you're you're the heartbeat, you're the pulse of the entire party. And every party is going to be different. So it's not only the DJ's uh, responsibility to play music that is going to get the party going, but also to reading the crowd. I, I feel like, you know, and I'm sure DJ Travis um, understands this probably more than most DJs today. It's, it's less about keeping your head in the laptop and more about reading the crowd and reading the energy and knowing which direction to go based on experience. Um, it. And mic work too. Uh, DJ Travis probably does a lot of mic work. A, a lot of the older DJs will do mic work, get the crowd going. Um, I was fortunate enough to be, you know, of the newer age where, you know, my DJ experience was mostly through Serato. It's not through vinyl. Um, but I was fortunate enough to be taught by a DJ that did do clubs in Baltimore in the 90s and knew how important uh, not necessarily mixing was, although that is important, but also mic work, crowd work, get your head out of laptop, keep your eyes up, keep read the crowd, see what's going on, see an opportunity to, to get the crowd involved in something. So it's not just playing music. That DJ's role to me is not just playing music. It's, 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 it's the vibe coordinator of the entire event. Yeah. Yeah. And, and reading the crowd is I, I, more than anything is the most important skill for a DJ is to understand you know, when to play a song, when not to play a song, what songs is appropriate for some situations, your preparation of the event, more so than the ability to transition and beat match and scratching and that sort of thing. Just knowing, you know, do you, one, you do you have enough music and do you have the right music that set the vibe for the facility that you're DJing out of? And so, you know, you one set of music that you might work here may not work in another venue and even another even the time of day wouldn't even would, would, would change the type of music that you play and so um i do events you know for all ages and all races and all groups and so you may come hear me one day dj and you go with i, I didn't think travis can play this kind of musical you may go come up to another party and go with travis i didn't know you know hip-hop like that and so um just my, <laughs> my, just my background and experience and it's really because of my time that it's not all about me. It's, it's really, it's, you know, it's not even about me. It's, it's about the audience that I'm trying to please. Okay. Now, what are, what are some of the things that y'all bring to the event? You mean equipment-wise? Equipment-wise. Okay. All right. Well, uh, you know, there, there are all kinds of types, types of DJs because you got the, you got the you know, mixtape DJ, then you got your club DJ, and you have your mobile DJ. And then your mobile DJ is the one that, has to have speakers and sound and then of course um but if you are just a club dj you just you know you just bring your turn laptop and your records and in some cases if you travel 
You know, you just write a, you send the, the bar owner a writer saying, hey, I just need a S11 or S9 Pioneer Mixer and these types of decks. And it's provided for you when you get there. You just bring a laptop. So it's just a matter of what, what lane you're in and what avenue you want to choose to be a DJ. Okay. All right. What about you, Ira? So actually, I'm I'm in I'm in uh, in my den here, so I'll show you exactly what I bring. Okay. Uh, I don't have a plugged in. This is the uh, Newmark NS72. NS72. I started on the NS71. Uh, I don't have a plugged in. The reason I like these is it has the it has the wheels on it, but it's it's direct drive and it spins just like vinyl and it feels like vinyl. I started out, you know, on the on the text. By the way, wow. you'll appreciate that original cartridge. So I, I have four techs in the mixer and everything, but you know, it just gets a little cumbersome having to carry around either a giant coffin or a uh, you know, like, <laughs> like 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 three different boxes. You know that that gets to be a little bit of a pain. So these nice controllers that I think these are the only ones that have like the vinyl on them. So it, it stops and it feels just like just like vinyl. Uh, I try using pioneers with the, like the digital jog wheels. Um, they can get tricky. Um, and, and every DJ has got their feel for their own preferred equipment. But um, yeah, I, st I still like the old school feel of vinyl and I, I'll bring that. And I do have two um, self-amplified speakers, speaker stands. I can fit everything in the little Toyota hatchback and go. Yeah. So, sounds good. That definitely sounds good. Um, now, y'all don't have the, the light show or anything like that because we got guys that got a light show they got fog you know what i mean um during a dj said y'all don't have none of that well that if if it's if the place requires that but mainly you know like this is uh there there are some guys who are mobile dj and um and and, and here's the thing what the audience don't always realize about djs is that there are two camps of djs okay there are DJs that are what, what I consider are service DJs. And then there are DJs who consider themselves as artists, okay? A service DJ, the difference between the two, they both are entertaining, they're both talented. But the difference between a service DJ and a talented and an artist DJ is a service DJ is not responsible for bringing the artist to the event, okay? When you DJ a wedding, the bride and groom brings the guest. When you DJ a birthday party, the person that's planning the birthday party brings the guests. When you do a corporate event for a company Christmas party, the Christmas party people are already invited. They're going to be there whether you show up or whether Bobo the Clown shows up. It, it really is not going to make a difference who's the DJ, okay? Now, an artist DJ is something totally different. A radio guy, mixtape guy, somewhat of a club guy, festival DJ. That guy is on the flyer and it's his responsibility to make sure people show up at the door and is willing to pull out their wallet and pay. And so those two mindsets are, are totally different. So um, the first half of my career, I was an artist DJ, meaning that I was a, a guy in my bedroom. I made mixtapes and, and people purchased my mixtapes. My mixtapes you know, were popular in high school and college, and it was determined upon them liking my mixtapes. And then I became a mobile DJ and I was doing school dances and college parties and that type of thing. So again, I was providing service. So in, th in that situation, yeah, I'm going to bring speakers. Yeah, I'm going to bring lights. Yeah, I'm going to bring fog and whatever thing that brings the experience um, to, that, to my client. But the crowd 
it's not to the my crowd is not going to matter whether it's me or whether it's the Eric. It's it's just so that's the difference between the two types of DJs. So now I'm in this part of my career where I'm a radio announcer. And so it's my job to make sure I have listeners. And so it's my job to when I DJ uh, at the house on Monday nights that people come. Not necessarily come to see me, but it's, 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 I feel it's my responsibility to promote because if, if people don't come, what am I worth to the, to the bar owner? And so, but at the same time, there's a corporate event that wants me to play some kind of city festival, downtown festival. The crowd is already going to be there when I get there. So, and so, so if I was a traveling DJ, artist and I send the club owner my writer the, the club owner is like not only expecting people to show up but he's expecting that my name on that flyer is going to make people come out and so 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 those are the two mindsets that I think if most DJs looked at it that way they'll be more successful and they'll understand their role in their lane that it could be successful in as well okay all right well let me let me ask you this question have you ever had a gig when you get there and it seemed like the vibe is off or, you know, they're really not really in the mood, you know. If so, what did you do, you know what I mean, to bring to bring the mood, to bring the uh, vibe back? You mean like a vibe when you get there and nobody's there or is... No, 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 it's just like people there, but they, they ain't oh. interested in, you know music at all like they just there like they called you to come to a dj set right you know people are already there but you know they they really went into music the vibe is just off well in the early days dancing was first priority to to any event you know is that you know if nobody's dancing it's not a good party and it's somehow in the last 15 to 20 years dancing is not a priority to people having a good time and so there have been times where I've DJed a wedding and a DJ an event and people sat down the whole time. And I'm thinking like, well, you know, I, when I played this song at this other party, everybody jumped up and started. And I'm like, and then, and then at the end of the night, you know, they walk up to you and said, man, you play some great music, man. We had a great time. Let me get your, and I, I'm like, okay. <laughs> it was didn't white get, people, wasn't didn't it? get up once. <laughs> What'd you say, E? What'd you it say? Was, it, it was white people, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> You can be I, honest. Yeah, you know, I've seen. I would say yes in some cases, but it started <laughs> in other races as well. I can tell but, E from Jersey. E from Jersey. <laughs> but it's like that. It's like that in the in the in the black clubs too. Is where the, all the women are dancing and the guys are standing on the sideline watching. But they, but again, at the end of the night, man, you turned it out. You brought it. You had it lit in there. I'm like, and they may have only been lit for two records from some little John record. And like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> other 30 records they just sat there and drank and you know and maybe one or two people may have gotten up and you know i it is what it is and so um I, I don't i try not to worry about it um and then i i'm at the point now why i don't be anywhere right where i don't think the vibe is gonna work for me so i if, if i if i think the vibe is already a challenge I'm not, it's pretty not pretty much not my spot to be in anyway that, that for me, I'll, I'll circle back around to what I said originally. It's all about reading the crowd and, and understanding what kind of, you know, clientele you have in front of you. Um, some some gigs are like that. Some gigs are, you know, and, and, I, and I use my own people, white people, you know, that just don't like to dance. They don't want to know, don't know how to dance. 
And then so all of a sudden you are, like Travis said, you are playing those songs that, you know, normally people get up and dance to this. But for some reason, you can't lure them off of the out from their tables and onto the dance floor. So, OK, let's 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 try something different. Let's let's try the old white guy special. Let's throw on Sweet Caroline, you know, at a certain point at the night. And let's <laughs> and, and dude, sometimes sometimes it's just, you yeah. know. And travel though this it's the sing-along special yeah they don't want to dance yeah they want to sing summer 69 they want to yep. sing shook me all night long they want to yep. sing and then all of a sudden you throw in some earth wind and fire and that's like yeah all of a sudden you start seeing some hips hips move but you know some of those gigs are like that some of those gigs are just you know uh weird okay some of the gigs are country you know, sometimes all of a sudden, you know, you throw in just a little Luke Bryan just to see what happens. And all of a sudden you get something, you get somebody, you get that one group yeah. of girls that was standing in the corner. They go, oh, my God, it's Luke Bryan. And then they go out of the dance and you're like, oh, 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 we're on to something. And that's the DJ's challenge. You have to be yeah. well versed enough not to be. I like the term open format. Yeah. So, that's so, now. I, you know, I'm not going to play just hip hop. I'm going to play things to see what the you know little appetizers out there to see what people are hungry for and then go from there right uh and then base the rest of my set kind of around that but then you can weave in and out of that if you're if you're yeah. doing all of a sudden you realize all right this is a little bit of a country crowd it hasn't happened often but it happens yeah um okay what else can i intertwine with that um to try to try to keep that vibe going and and you know sometimes it's just hitting grandma's song you know, like what's what's she going to like? And then all of a sudden you play some like Stevie Wonder and she goes nuts. And it's like, oh, we got her. And then as soon as one gets on the floor, another one gets on the floor. Sometimes you got to hit them with the sing along angle. Sometimes you got to hit them with the, you know, you're on the mic and maybe roasting somebody. I don't know. But you just yeah. got to try to figure it out. Yeah. And Eric is so true. And Eric, um, I, I, you know, I don't want to, you know, give you the impression that, you know, white people don't like to have a good time when they party. <laughs> but... I like DJing for multi-race for multi-race. And what I found about the white audience is that no matter if you can catch a good white audience crowd, they like the party, they will dance off just about anything that you play. Yeah. Country, RB, hip hop, Latin. They'll, they'll if it's a good beat and a good vibe, most than any race, they will they will roll with you, you know. And um not always, but I'm. I have to give them. I have to give that culture the, their props when it comes to partying. They, they don't. They don't push back. And what when you got when you got them, when you got them, you got them. When you got them, you can just like you said, you can just drop Stevie Wonder. You can just drop yeah. MC, and you can just drop you know Pitbull, and you can just drop mm. you know Sweet uh, Caroline. You know what I mean? There, and they'll go. There's, and there, there's some 40 year old moms out there. Oh, I hit them with the Britney Spears. They're not even going to hear see it coming. Then all of a sudden, it's all baby, baby. And they're all on the floor like they're, like, like they're 20 years old again, uh, you know? Yeah, it's a spot I DJ in Dur here in Durham called the Annex. And it's all 35 to 45-year-old white women. And they want to hear everything. They oh, I need everything. to go there. They I need to go hear, in there. They want to hear Tupac and they want to hear... Uh, you know, what's that song? Um, I feel like a woman. They want to hear that too. Oh, yeah, Shania like Twain. 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 Yeah, Twain, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Snoop Dogg in that, and so, but you know, I, but sharing our sisters, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but they dance too. But they they're not going to hear no no. Uh, I just what time are you at the annex? 
I, I, I do a, a, a with the annex, Eric. I do a all vinyl night at the annex, the fourth Saturday of every month. No, oh, okay. yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming to your next one. I want to go. And it's a mixed crowd there too, Sharon. It's it's not all white, but it's it's downtown Durham. It's a really nice spot. And um, I play all vinyl. And um, but I and 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 they have a great time. They let me play whatever I want to play. No problem. Okay, now let me ask this. Now, do do you DJ all kind of events, E-Rock? Yeah, the, the the one the one thing I always historically stood um, kind of stood back from and wouldn't take was like weddings. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. And I, I've I've been to way too many weddings where I've watched the DJ and like all of a sudden he played like as a wedding DJ. Not only do you got to get everything right, but you got to make sure you don't get anything wrong. It's like. That's, that's yeah, kind of weird. I thought the wedding one would be easier. I, I, no, wedding. Oh, no. Wedding, I, wedding, I, here's work. why I thought that, because I thought you had to make sure you hit the line dances. Nah, I thought that was no, your safe. No, it's, it's harder than that. It's, it, it's, it's harder, and it's, and it's a lot more pressure. There's a reason why DJs, wedding DJs, charge $1,400, $1,500, and for the same exact amount of time, if I'm in a bar, I'm charging you know, 400 bucks because there's less pressure. Like I remember one time I was DJ and not even a wedding, but uh, uh, somebody's birthday, something, but it, it had like a wedding sort of like, you know, formal vibe to it. Yeah. And I started to play a song and they were like, no, this is so-and-so's ex-boyfriend song. That was their song. So she came running up to the DJ booth in a panic it was like, shut it down, shut it down. I was like, I thought somebody had a heart attack in the crowd. No, it was because I played their ex's song when they were together. So you can't, you can't do that. Like if you're DJing a wedding, you have to have to have a list of songs that you want specifically the bride and groom want you to play. But also you got to review a list of songs that you do not want them to play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is there anything you do not want me to play specifically for that reason? There's all sorts of weird there's a reason Trav can speak to this. There's a reason why DJ weddings get paid a shit ton. I'm sorry, a lot of money, and uh, and uh, you know, Never knew that it's a lot of pressure. Much. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So overrated is the most overrated DJ party ever. Even though they they were DJs will tell you they get paid the most, but the DJs that say that are the DJs that don't have the swag to do a club or a party or a bar or or a festival. It just they just it's 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 easy to it's easy to set up a wedding and get a wedding gig, but once you when you put it on your counter, like Sharon, let's say you are you, I don't know if you you married Sharon, I don't know if you married. Or no, uh-uh. all right. So you plan so you plan so if somebody proposes to you today, Sharon, that mm-hmm. means the wedding is going to be sometime in November. Okay. And you're going to call me up today. Here in January. <clears throat> so in November, I got to tie my life to you <laughs> to November. <laughs> so that, and if I want to make a living, then I got to, I got to every week after that is tied up, but, but I might want to go to the beach. I might want to go to, you know, I might just want to just hang out that night, but I'm tied to your wedding and every month you calling me, my grandma used to like this song and she, and she wants you to play it as soon as she comes out of the, 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 the dressing room. She wants you to play it, you know, and then my granddad, he wants to, and his, he going to have, you know, it's that kind of stuff. And then you get to the wedding and none of it works. You know what I mean? 
or you get to the wedding and it's a young wedding. It's a 30 year old couple. We want to turn up. We want to turn up. And you, oh, get to the wedding, and you get to the wedding and it's all 50 year olds. They, um, they aunts and uncles and cousins are all 50 and they, but they want to turn up. And so as soon as you play the turn up music early in the wedding, guess who's leaving going home early? You know? um, yeah. And yeah. so, so as a DJ, you have to look at the crowd when you walk in and you'll say, okay. And, and I'm going to tell you another thing that kills weddings too are couples where couples do not like to dance with one another. Mm. So if you bring your wife to an event and you, how many dances are you gonna dance with your wife um, if it, in a three hour period? You're gonna dance with her all night? Is, is she gonna let you dance with the single lady that's over there that ain't got no husband? You hell know? no. <laughs> what you trying to do to us? The hell? You might get <laughs> dances out of a couple. You'll get a slow dance, you'll get a line dance and you'll get that one song, wifey or something like that. <laughs> out of dance, you can't dance with no other woman unless it's our mother-in-law it's the only other woman or your cousin or something like that so and so so that's why i don't i i did my i did my last well i'm gonna say i do my i did my last wedding i let wedding for somebody i don't know because i will do like sharon i'll do your wedding because i know you mm -hmm. well, that, i, I thought that's how it was supposed to go you're yeah. supposed to get a dj that you know so Not you always. know what their set is like that's what i did for my what well that's what I not try because it's not a club. A wedding is not a club. A party. It's really not even a party. It's a production. Mm -hmm. So the DJ got to have sound for the ceremony. You got to have the right music for the ceremony. You got to. We have to have a lapel for the minister. Then you got to have another system for the cocktail hour that he that that has played jazz or whatever it plays in another room. And then he has to have his main set up in the main room. Right. Then, right. then he's playing dinner music. Mm -hmm. He has to do the introduction, mm -hmm. and then he's playing a little more dinner music, the cake song, whatever. Then they toast, and your sound got to be right through all that. And then the last hour and a half, two hours, that's the dancing part. But by that time, your guest has been at that that wedding for five hours, but even before the dancing starts. And so, and so, one of the things I consider at a wedding, I'm thinking about, okay. All right, so Sharon, she's from Durham, so all her cousins from Durham. But if she marry you from Philadelphia, all your Philadelphia cousins are driving down, and they they, they gonna stay overnight or something. If I know the crowd's gonna stay overnight, I know I got them for the night. But if I know they, but if Sharon's groom's family's from Greensboro, as soon as dinner over with, as soon as the toast and the bouquet, poof, they going back home. Mm. So all those kind of things come to play, when you, and that's one of the reasons why I don't like going wedding. Just Mm. All right, so we found out what y'all both don't like. <laughs> the, the, found out which ones y'all both don't like, which I, I, I'm sorry to tell y'all this. I assume it was the easiest one because you got the they, same, as they give you the song, they, oh yeah, we coming down to this song. Once you play this song, we do this. Once you play this song, we do that. And then, you know, you got your line dancing songs that you play and you, you know, hey, uh, you, but you got to make sure you're good on the mic. But I might have to say this, I was wrong. And what and if it's charged, it, it, and them guys charged at 1500 God. Mm. Damn. Like, imagine if you had to do that for 52 weeks, the same party for 52 weeks, because that's the same party. It ain't, there's no creativity in that. It's the same party, the same line dances, the same, same. FYI, let me say it out there. Everybody's getting married. You, you, you're going to propose and everything. Get you a DJ that you know they set. All right. Let's just get that out of <laughs> the way. FYI. You know they set. So it's like, oh, yeah, I, I know what you play. I like what you play. I'm ready to pay you. And pay them early. Let me get that out the way. And listen, hold up. Before we move on, like, like the D for you're right and you're wrong. You were right about it in the fact that 
And I know Travis has got the folder in his crates and I got the folder in his crate in my crates. It's the wedding set that, you know, is going to work every single time. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the, you know, hit him with the Michael Jackson PYT. It's the wobble. It's the Cupid shuffle. It's earth, wind and fire. It's, it, it, it's, it's, you can, you can just do it in your sleep. Right. So you're yep. right. There's, there's yep. zero creativity to it because it's the set that's tried and true and you know, it's going to work. It's all the other stuff that you were talking about. You got the wedding in November. You're calling me every time you have a song idea. And not, not, not everyone's a DJ. So she's calling you up saying, my grandmama likes this song, but this song is going to be trash when you go throw it on. And you know it's going to be trash, but you got to play it anyway. And it's all the, the set is easy. The sets, there's no, every DJ's got their own wedding set and they can do it in their sleep. Yeah, or the bride don't want to hear any line dances, and everybody's requesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's even you, worse. Then you get the guy to request, yo, play Cupid Shuffle, play Cupid Shuffle. Nobody's on the dance floor. Play, I can't play Cupid Shuffle. The bride told me not to play Cupid Shuffle. I don't care what she says. Well, I kind of do because she's the one holding the check. So. That's right. <laughs> He's the loudest, drunkest complainer at the party. Oh my god! Vibe up for everybody else. Yeah. So, what is your favorite uh, place to work at? Event, I will say. Favorite event to work. Any open any event where it's open with a crowd. I, I, I people laugh, DJs laugh when I tell them this. I, I like events where people are not dancing. Is I, I like you know there's I don't know if Sharon, I don't know if you ever came to my TGI Fridays, Thursday nights, but that was yes, the, I have long the, time ago, yeah. Mm -hmm. That was one of the best because it's not a dance, it's not a dance bar or anything, it's just people in there eating, they having a good time, they vibing. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm reading the crowd. I'm doing my transitions. I'm showing off my skills, you know. And, and I am playing dance music, but you know, it's, it's it's that's where you get to be an artist, where you where you don't have to worry about playing the Cupid Shuffle or worrying about if I play this song, is it going to clear the dance floor? You know, that's it's any 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 event where the crowd is just having a good time and they vibing, and if they're having fun, you know. Now I'm not saying you. That you don't play a song and make them dance, but the dancing is not the focus of the whole event. Meaning that, oh, I gotta keep keep them on the dance for the whole night, or the night is just gonna be a wash. And so, um, the thing I do in the summer, uh, play this concert series. That's not a dance event. They just they just out in the park having a good time, and I'm just playing the vibe music, you know. Um, so that's kind of the festivals and that kind of thing. That's where where I like to be. Okay. What about you? Uh, I I've I've read reached the point in age where you know when I was younger it's, it's it's different than what it is now and when I go into the grocery store I hear the songs that I used to party to the bangers that used to be at the frat houses and the and the parties and then the clubs is now getting played in the frozen food section at my local grocery store no. so I love doing the let's say 35 that might even be young yeah well no 35 to maybe 50 crowd that every time you throw on a song they're like oh like they're like oh i remember and and you, they just can't help but dance because right. there's nostalgia mixed in with the feeling for the song so there's a beat which is going to get them moving and it's a good song and it's a body shake or whatever but there's also that nostalgia factor and then you start seeing smiles and every time you transition into a song because i do like the mix I like transition into a song you hear that little bit of it and they start to recognize them they're like oh 
oh my god is that is that and then it drops and then you're like oh you know so like yeah. I, I i can't do young kid parties anymore i can't do college parties anymore where you know 21 year old white girls are coming up to me saying like oh can you play little this and little that little i don't know any of these people i'm sorry i'm old now yeah, then i tell you then i tell you then i tell you some people like that in hip hop. i don't know none of them people i, yeah. them. I, I told you yeah, I, I told you, Travis. I said that's why you was like, man, you disrespect. I said it's not disrespect. There's people out there. That, now, yeah. how old are you? Eat? They just I'm, don't. I'm know. about to turn 41. Yeah, see, mm -hmm. I'm 37, and I listen. I try to listen to everything because mm -hmm. I need to know who's who. So, mm -hmm. you know, Travis. You know, you're a DJ. You, you Travis, 57. He was saying, yeah, but I I listen to all of it. I'm hip hop. Yeah. E41. He said I don't listen to a little nothing. You see what I'm I'm 56. I don't listen to no little nobody except Little Wayne. That's probably. No, I was about to say Little Wayne. Little Bow Wow. You know, I'm still listening to Little Bow Wow, Little Wayne. That's probably as far as a little as I go. Little John, maybe. Little Kim, yep. Love Little Kim, but that's it. <laughs> I'm getting a little worried about the, the future of it, though, because now I, I, now Eric, I like DJing for middle school kids. Hmm. Like middle school kids like. 80s music they like anything that makes them dance and they have a little bit of freedom other than having to behave themselves you know you know middle school kids have to stand straight in line they have to be quiet they have to you know be good in school be good in class they have to be orderly you have to listen to the teacher and then when you get them at a party they like ah, oh, and they've never been to a club so they don't even know how to be hood or have any swag so i like you know middle schoolers high schoolers are totally different they wait for the lights to come off so they can get nasty. And I don't want any part of that. I don't want any, I don't want the they music that they want to hear. It used to be me. <laughs> they just wait for the lights to go off. As soon as the lights go off, I'm getting a wally. As soon as the lights go off, I'm getting a wally. So I, I want nothing to do with high school or college. It's just is they are the they are they are the worst. And so and so I I, I I stay away from that altogether. It's just um I but the thing about it, that age group is getting older and that music is going to travel with them. Yeah. That's the sad part. Because my music is traveling with me as I get older and the events that I do. But that music, you know, I don't know what's going to happen when I get 60 and I'm still DJing and there's this 40th class reunion, you know, of, of kids in the early 2000s. And I'm like, oh, God, what am I going to do for them, you know? <laughs> No, but, yeah, but, no. but, it's, but it's fun but anytime anytime you can match and, and it's not just my age group although I do enjoy that because I do enjoy the music and I, and I grew up with it my other, my other favorite one is like maybe my parents age and where it's all 70s and, and I got all the re-drums and all the 32 beat yeah. intros and um, anytime you can match an age group with a certain genre or era of music and you make them smile because they Oh, I remember this song, or I even heard this, and yeah, like that's I, 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 I like that when you can match right. the age group to the music that they grew up listening to, because it sparks not only a, a good feeling or a, 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 a drive to dance, but it also feel uh, you can tell it hits them different. It hits them different because they remember things about their youth. Right. Well, well, right now the sweet spot is two K. Because that yeah. age group is in, in, it's like your age right now. You said, uh, I think you said it was in your early 40s. That's really where we are right now. 2K is like where eight, where the 80s was. Yeah. 
And and that, unfortunately for me, that was an era where I wasn't DJing and I wasn't in the clubs because I was, you know, a family guy, had kids, you know, I was too old to be in the club. And I missed that whole crunk era, mm. Destiny's Child, uh, the early Little Wayne and, and Cash Money and all that. I, I really don't know the vibe of that audience. And uh, I struggle with that that age group. But it's funny, I started back DJing in 2010. And I know all the BMF artists. I know Jeezy. I know a Future. I know the Drakes. I know that. I can kill that. You know, because I, I you know, I, I got back into the sequence of music. And uh, But if you miss that sequence of music or you've never experienced what it was like to be a DJ in the 90s, it's hard to get that vibe. If somebody says, hey, I want a, I want a 90s party. And all you play is Tupac and Biggie and not play all the music in between that we played Tupac and Biggie because you haven't had that experience. And so and so that's one of the challenges. And that's one of the things people should realize when they book a DJ. You know, yeah, yeah I can download a, a whole batch of, you know, 70s or 60s music. But was I there? You know, do I do I know that in between cut that Sam Cooke made or James Brown made? And I'm just still playing. You know, I feel good when James Brown had a whole three or four decades of music. Mm -hmm. Rack of music. Mm -hmm. oh, well, with that being said, then what genre of music do you lean towards? Or are you open to any genre of music? I'll, I'll, go, I'll go exactly yeah. what, what Trav said, and that's a 2K sweet spot. Uh, and 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 kind of filtering off, like you can, you can still hit them with a lot of the 90s old school hip hop. You still hit them with... Um, you know stuff post 2k um but i got a really good 70s set i got a i got a really good set like 70s disco funk uh because my parents i i i i would like make stuff up for my parents to play you know what i mean like here this is the stuff that you grew up listening to here you listen to this um and I put a lot of work and a lot of time making sure, you know, all the songs and all the, uh, you know, kind of match. You know, you know, Trav, when you're trying to like mix two songs together and it's just the beats on time, but it just sounds like gears grinding. Like these two songs are not meant to go together. Yeah, yeah. So I, I make a I make it a point when I'm doing stuff for my 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 folks that it, it just seems like a seamless thing. And so having done like five of those mixtapes or whatever. Yeah. I feel like I'm pretty well versed, in it, even though I was born in '82. I'm like, I could, I could do seventies. I could do seventies. <laughs> well, for me, I, I think every DJ always leans toward the music that they were passionate about when they first got into DJing. And so, for me, it was Eric, 1978 to 1983. Um, that was that's that's like what I'm passionate about in my show that I play on Friday nights. Um, that's what I play on Friday nights is, is funk, disco, and um, R&B. And so, but 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 on a low though, the music that I love to play, that I wish I could play all the time, if I could play all the time would be the music between 2005 and 2014 in terms of the, the crowd. And I, loved, I love playing Black Eyed Peas, uh, Kesha, Jesse J, Teo Cruz, uh, that that EDM era, that's the area I like DJing the most, and I like the crowd, how the crowd reacts to it. And so um, the other other genres I do like it. Just you have to fight with the crowd to get them motivated or into it. But that when I play that music at corporate events, 
at weddings, at the festivals I do, it just lights up the crowd. And um, and if I could do more of that, I would do more of that. That, that right. early kind of the pop culture introduction to EDM was, yeah. uh, it, it, that's, that's a good one too, because just like I said, like every DJ's got their wedding set that they have and they can do it in their sleep. Um, that era that you're talking about that you wish you knew more about is either a buck 20, a buck 25, a buck 28, yeah, or a yeah. buck 30. And we're you talking can just about BPM, we're talking about the speed yeah. of the records. Yeah. yeah, speed of the records. You can mix anything, and it's the oh. easiest stuff to mix to because yeah. it's all it's all in the same wheelhouse, you know. Right, but the crowd just just with it. The crowd just oh yeah, it. yeah, 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 yeah. Th but the thing is, you can go back to your 70s set or your 80s set and then come back to it, right, and, and still hold that young crowd. Yeah. And so that's why I love that crowd so much. I love that that audience so much. And and a lot of the places that I, I, I even um that I that I look to DJ, I, that I know I'm gonna play that set. And um and so uh it's gone. That era is over with now, but um, but I wish I can I'm hoping it, it comes back at some point in an old school way, but I I I play those songs, I still play those songs, Eric, you know, the black eyed peas and um uh flow rider give me some yeah 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 um Pit party Bull. rock party rock party rock anthem yeah, them guys Kate, Katie perry yeah yep. uh you know all that gaga all lady that. gaga that's lady gaga yeah. timberlake timberlands yeah um that was a great, that was let a me ask y'all a question since y'all got so many ones y'all like to play which ones are y'all refuse to play i'm not playing that <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got it. Let me explain. Let me explain some something else I'm gonna say. When I was working at uh the river deck and um like around 2014 to 2017, so working at the river deck, the DJ used to come by uh his name was Scott, Scott Styles. I might even mess his name up. That's his name. But he would get excited if he rocked the party and then play no Beyonce and no Rihanna. <laughs> he said, I ain't played no Beyonce and no Rihanna. I'm the man tonight. <laughs> I do challenge myself to see how long I can play a party without doing line dances. Not that I hate them, but I test myself to see how long I can go, keep the <laughs> for a pack without having to resort to playing a line dance. And okay. and then when we get to the end of the night and everybody's departing a warm out, and then I'm you know I'm throwing a line dance to kind of let them you know let them ride it out, but. <laughs> I try to keep it. Keep, I, I, this is my own personal thing. Now, if somebody requests it, and I'm fighting with them to dance, and I have no choice, I'll surrender. But I, I, I feel proud at the end of the night if I hadn't played a line dance. Yeah, I, I get, I hear that from a lot of DJs, and in fact, DJs will fight me on that um, about the line dancing thing. I'll use it as, as, as a starter. I'll be honest. I love to do the line dances. I'm out from behind the DJ booth, and I, you know, I know Cupid. I'm not now. Damn, I'm not playing the whole Cupid Shuffle, man. I'm not. That's a long ass song. Same with the Wobble, but um, oh, they're yeah, they're a staple of it because I'm coming out from behind the booth and I'm doing it with you. Okay. You know what I mean? That that's that's one of the things that I like to do, especially with the mic work. You get the, you know, get right. the crowd involved and stuff like that. Right. Um, you know, I'm grabbing grandmama. We're doing the, we're doing, for me and you, we're doing the wobble. We're going to figure it. And then they, uh, it becomes a joke, you know, because the, the line dances are kind of a joke to begin with. So let's just make, have fun with it. Right, right. Um, anything that I won't play, I, yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. 
I won't play any song when I'm at like the peak of the set or I feel like I got a good vibe and somebody comes up and gives you the stupid request. Right. So be, not everyone's meant to be a DJ and not everybody. If you play this song, I swear to God, people are going to go nuts. I know. I know these. You, yeah. If you you watch, you watch. If you play this song and then somebody will come up to you like four or five times, just bothering you while you're trying to do your job and tell you what you should be playing and then get mad at you for not doing it. Yeah. So I, I always like I like, OK, if we're going to do this, I'll grab the person's name. Like, what's your name? Steve. OK, Steve wants me to play some. And I know it's real dumb. Steve <laughs> wants me. Steve wants me to play Rage Against the Machine. This was at a tailgate too, or recently. Woman asked for it. But we'll just say Steve wants me to play John Denver Country Boy because him and his friends like it. But the rest of the party's vibing to something else. And so he, he now he's getting ignorant about it. So what's your name, Steve? Okay, and then I'll get on the mic and I'll say, this is a special request by Steve and I'll point it out and then I'll play the song, Nobody Dances and then Steve runs away like a little baby into no, the bathroom because he no, just embarrassed himself. No. So if somebody asks, I won't play <laughs> dumb requests uh, during w when I'm in the zone, I won't do it. But if it's becoming a point where it's like, this dude wants to fight me over it. All right, I will play it. And I'm going to point out that it was your idea and your request and you just cleared the dance floor. And then after the song's done, I'll be like, that was a great song request, Steve. And then go right back into my, you know, make an ass out of him. Yeah, yeah. the one thing, the one like thing that we learned doing this show, this is y'all about, I think y'all the fifth DJs that we had on. No request to the DJ. We learned that. <laughs> from the, do not request nothing from the DJ. At all. You can't, you can't, no, no, I, you can request, but you have to be respectful oh, about no. it. Respectful about it. Well, it is, it isn't guaranteed either. So it's, yeah. it's implied that I'm going to play it, but it's not guaranteed. But, but there are people, Sharon, that come to the party to troll the DJ. It's oh, either, yeah. It's either some guy that used to be a DJ, <laughs> or is it some girl that you, you didn't, she, she just, she's not getting any attention from anybody and she wants to get attention. To point out that I got, his, I'm in his head. Like it's people that want to get into the DJ's head. Why you play that song? Oh, you need to play this song. It's it's always that guy or somebody trying to troll the DJ to throw that guy off off the mark. And um, but um, I've I've done that before, Eric, where I shamed somebody for being an asshole for making a request. I've done that before, and but I have been surprised by requests. I have I've been surprised by. A request where somebody had requested something the whole night and i was like man i'm not playing i'm not playing that and then i found a moment to get it in and i played it i'm like oh my goodness they like this and so um so my cuban links it's a latin song i played at the house last week and this girl kept asking for it asking for it. i didn't and the thing is eric i played a youtube version of it oh and I, she nagged me so much <laughs> And I was like, okay. So, so it was it was late towards the end of the night, and I had nothing else to play, and I wanted to make her happy. So I played it, and when I played it, the owner of the club walked in. He had been in the back the whole night, and he walked in when I played it. And the girl at her table, it was a Latin song, and the girl at her table was like, oh, that's. And then everybody was reacting to them excitement and it was like this song must be pretty good and he walked in and saw it and he told me the other day he said man that cuban song you played that was a dope song and i took all the credit too i said yeah okay yeah um, there, there, <laughs> there, there are those times travis there are those times but nine times out of ten it's going to be a, 
dumb song and a dumb idea and i got no problem shaming the guy for just right. pushing me to request it I've but you're that. right i have i have been in those situations <laughs> where somebody requests a song and you're like this is never gonna work how am i even gonna fit this in fine i'll play it and you play it and the place just goes bananas and you're like what the hell just <laughs> happened yep oh my god i should have listened to him like yep. 45 minutes ago <laughs> and the other thing too about request eric is when I know I'm on the right vibe, when someone requests a song, you already gonna you already plan to play. Sometimes a song I'm gonna play next. When that happens, I'm like, yes. It's like yep, yep. And when I drop it in and they and then the reaction they get just goes through the roof. They they so I pull up their money and throw a $20 bill on you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When, oh, yeah. <laughs> when that yeah, happens, yeah. they're like, oh, you just made my day. And he was like, Yeah, you know, I was I had no, you know, well, I was playing, I was gonna play it anyway, and he came up at the right time. That let right. me know that I'm in the right vibe. I, I, I connect yeah. with the right vibe of the group of the crowd. Yeah. When they're when they're requesting stuff that was in your queue list to begin with. Yeah. You nailed it. That's when you know you're in a zone right there. Yeah. Well, let me uh E, I know you gotta get ready to go in a little bit. So let me <laughs> let me get this special request from you. Can you tell the people how you exactly got started DJing? Because we always get a bunch of accident stories on this show. We have yeah, to hear this accident story. We do. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 my story is going to be a, a, an accident story. So, you know, I, I was big in the Philly sports scene. I, I had worked on, on ABC and NBC for Eagles Television Network, uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia, the whole thing. So I already had a personality, an entertaining personality, and I was good on the spot with a microphone. Okay. So they built this Xfinity Live place right by the stadium complex. Uh, right by the Wells Fargo Center where the Sixers and the Flyers play, Citizen Bank Park where the Phillies play, and Lincoln Financial Field, my favorite, where the Eagles play. And it was like a club slash <coughs> mega sports fit, uh, venue. And for the Flyers and Sixers and, you know, I, I'm a season ticket holder, so I wouldn't do Eagles games, but Phillies games, they wanted, like, somebody to play music in between the commercial. They had this giant screen, right? So you would be kind of emceeing the game and playing music during commercials. So they hired me to do that, but every venue had its own DJ. Bullies Pub had its own DJ. PBR had its own DJ. Uh, what, what was the what was the Ale House? They had their own DJ. Anyway, so I had about four of the best DJs in Philadelphia teach me how to beat match and how to do Serato and all the tricks and everything. Probably I learned what takes people three years to learn. I learned in six months, just being, I was in a very, very fortunate position to be taught by some of the best DJs in Philadelphia and just have their uh, DJ Roby one DJ Kevlar. um, Rob, uh, Rob Roy, who's still, who's still doing there. He's still there. Who was the other guy? He, he does that in Atlantic City, too. We're all a little... Ruby one sounds familiar, though. Yeah, so they basically taught me how to DJ to the point where, you know, six months later, I was pretty polished. And it wasn't just batching beats and, and learning the tricks on Serato. It was what songs to play, what not to play. Again, all the stuff that... You know, Trav had to really like cut his teeth, right? For years, you had to like learn that stuff. I would, I got it told to me, so I, I had the cheat code, man. I had, I Trav, I had the cheat code. So, um, 
yeah, that, that's how it happened. And then I just started DJing uh, the occasional wedding, but, but mostly clubs, uh, Valley Forge Casino, uh, clubs around Pennsylvania, and so on and so forth. So something I, I accidentally stumbled into just by being, and that's why I love mic work so much and getting the crowd involved and being on microphone and being able to, you know, get everyone involved uh, is because that's how kind of I started with it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly how I met you. Let's do your mic work. Exactly how yeah. I met you. Uh, and then I seen a video of you talking smack at the Eagles tailgate in Arizona to a Cowboys fan. Yeah, like, yeah, you know. Oh, that's him. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah right, right in the middle of the song, you throw in a big party. <laughs> but, man, I'm not missing up an opportunity to have the whole crowd chanting Dallas sucks out of, out of Dallas. You know, that's – you're, you have to see those opportunities and it's through words, it's not through music, but if you can blend the two, you can, it, it takes it to another level. That's, that's definitely good. Definitely good. Um, I think Chocolate Girl is on you now, Chocolate Girl. Is it on me? Is it's it on, on you. Well, one of the last few, last few questions I want to ask you, E, before you go is mm-hmm. talk about a time where you had one of the best times DJing and a time that you had a bad time DJing, like it was a bad time. Um, the, 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 the best, the best times there's, there's too many, too many to even think about. Uh, and, and Trav knows when you just got the party going, I mean, it's, it's just when you got them in the palm of your hand and they're eating up everything that you're, you're playing and the next song just seems to be better than the song afterwards. And those, and those, and those nights are, are special. You just you can't go to sleep until four in the morning because you're still running on that energy that you had when you do it. The, the worst one, before I get out of here, and I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you so much. Um, the worst one, <laughs> the worst one was the wedding I did recently for a buddy of mine. Um, <laughs> And, and maybe maybe he'll see this, maybe he won't, but he knows exactly what happened. Uh, so he wanted me to officiate the wedding, which I was, for being on TV and being on the radio and being on podcasts, being, you know, whatever, uh, officiating a wedding is the most nervous I've ever been behind a microphone, ever, ever. Um, because it's a big deal, right? This is these people's special moment. You can't screw this up. So he asked me to officiate the wedding and I was like, you know, yeah, absolutely. I would, I would be honored. Thank you for making me a part of your wedding. And then he goes, do you know any DJs? And I gave him a list of DJs, wedding DJs. I'd be willing to do a backyard Puerto Rican DJ, you know, a Puerto Rican um, wedding. And uh, he came back to me like a week later and he was like, man, everyone's really expensive. I'm like, yeah, it, d- good DJs cost money. You know, good service costs, costs money. You can pay Trav good money because he's a good DJ, right? Right. And then uh, he was like, so how much is your rate? And I'm like, son of a gun, man. I knew this question was coming. Like, I don't, you want me to officiate and then get behind the decks and do the set? Uh, I, like, I'm not sure this is going to vibe with it. No, you're going to be great. I was like, listen, man, I'll do it for free, but it's because you're my boy and we're, we're close and I'll do it for free. Okay, great. Just download uh, some Spanish music. I'm like, I, I, all right. Well, Spanish music to me was like Shakira. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and uh, some bad bunny and maybe some uh, daddy Yankee. Um, and then the wedding set that we all have in our sleep that we can do in our sleep. It did not go well. 
and and they and the guy you know for for me going out and doing his wedding officiating his wedding and then DJing his wedding I caught a lot of unwarranted crap uh for doing it and, and for free mind you uh, caught a lot of unwarranted grief because I didn't have enough Spanish music and then the crowd turned on me and the DJ's bad and uh you know about 100 angry Puerto Ricans uh angry at a white guy is not not a good position to be in um <laughs> So that was probably the worst. And unfortunately, it was one of my, my better friends. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Sorry to hear that. I'm sorry yeah. to hear that. But the good ones outweigh the bad ones significantly. The good ones always outweigh the bad ones. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. That's a good thing. Well, we won't keep. Did you have to go ahead and cut out now? Yeah, I got I to got, I run. I got to run. Well, tell it before you go, can you tell everybody how to um, get in touch with you, how to follow you, or how to book you even? Uh, yep, on Instagram and Twitter, you can reach out to me. It's the same handle either way. It's E-Rock underscore Eagles, E-R-O-C-K underscore Eagles. All right. Any, All right, final, any final things, uh, Dennis, you want to say to him? No, no, no. Go ahead, E-Rock. Thank you for coming on. You got a pleasure talking to you, Trav. Hey, best of luck to you, man. Be good. I, I do travel too, man. So give me a holler. <laughs> I will. I will. Thank you so Bye. much. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for coming. Yeah, he's funny. He is so funny. I like him too. <laughs> so for you, um, Mr. Travis Gales, mm-hmm. um, can you talk about one of the best times that you've ever had D- DJing? Mm-hmm. Just- it's interesting as you see that, you know, uh, between Eric and myself, we share the same uh, situations, even though he's in the northern part of the country and I'm in the southern part of the country. Uh-huh. Even though my career is 12 years old and my career is 35, almost 40 years old. We, we share, still share the same the same vibe between one another. And so mm-hmm. he was a good guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm still having great days. I can't really pull out one that was the best day. Mm-hmm. That was... Um, I, I think it was a talk about, uh, he mentioned, I think, uh, Dennis, you asked what got you started. And um, uh, for me, yes, uh, it was that that Grandmaster Flash mixtape I got in 1978 that I listened to every day for three to my tape pop. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, I wanted to be a DJ in high school. And so me and my friends got together. There was about eight of us. And we were going to put our money together. We was going to start a DJ crew. And, you know, we was going to sell bottle tops and cut grass. We were about 15, 16, and, and we were going to get together and start this DJ crew. And then about a couple of weeks later, one of the guys, one of my friends I grew up with, my best friends, his dad bought him a DJ set. Wow. And we were so excited. We were just like, oh, yeah, he called us up. He said, hey, my dad just bought me a DJ, whole DJ set up. This was probably 1980, maybe. So we went over to his house. And he was showing us how it all works. It was, you know, this is the first time we ever even seen real DJ equipment, you know, because up in this time, we only listened to mixtapes. And his dad came out the back and his dad, I remember like it was yesterday. He said, and I'm going to tell you one thing about y'all, y'all little spunkers. I don't want to see none of y'all touch this equipment. I don't want y'all to mess with it. Don't touch <laughs> it. Go get near it. Don't put your hands on it. And we all looked at one another. That's the wrong so- thing to say. Deflated, disappointed. Even my friend was disappointed. And, <clears throat> and um, but then what happened, he started doing gigs like right away. He started doing high school gigs oh. right away for, for after like for my high school, every Friday they would have a, a, a party after the football game. Mm-hmm. And he from from 1980 to 89, he was the top DJ 
in my area here in North Carolina. And mm. but his dad would not let us DJ with him. We could go to the parties and party with him, but we all wanted to be DJs too. And I want to be DJ too. And um, and so I so I, I continued to make mixtapes and and we would go to his party. And the thing about my mixtapes at that time, if you mixtapes live from the club were more valuable than just straight mixtapes recorded at your house. If you are a house DJ, do you want a real DJ? But, but a mixtape from a party or a club with the DJ talking in the crowd in the background, them tapes was going for $15, $20, where my little mixtapes was going for $5. Right. And he was, and my friend was just blowing up. And so on, on, so on my mixtapes, what I started doing was I had a little headphone and I would start seeing little raps on my mixtapes. Oh. And he heard, and, and one of my raps got around the school and he heard it and he was like, hey, I want you to say that rap at one of my parties. Oh. And so I became his hype man at these oh, high school parties all through high school. And so that's how I, I that's, that's what got me in, but he still <laughs> wouldn't let me on the turntable. But, <laughs> but at some point during the party, like at 12 o'clock, I would, you know, get on the mic and hype the crowd up. And then I did that in high school. And then I, and when I got to college, I finally bought my own turntables. And I was, but that, at that time, I'm still in the bedroom, in my dorm room, making mixtapes, making mixtapes. And then um, I did that for a couple of years. And I did a couple of parties, but not really like the, you know, paid parties and things. And then I don't know if you're familiar with uh, DJ Naps, the, the DJ yeah. from Criss Cross. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. He came to North Carolina Central. And he and Nabs was already from he was already in Durham and I was just at Central. So my little world was North Carolina Central. Mm -hmm. Nabs brought Durham to Central and I had Central already unlocked. And so he and I put our DJ systems together. And um, I don't know if you know Alan Riggs. I don't know if you ever met him before. Mm -hmm. His name is White yeah. Lightning. Uh, well, mm -hmm. we call him White Lightning, but remember he DJed the hog pen. Right. Okay. So Alan. And Nabs and myself, we were all a DJ team. Alan had had a truck. Alan's from Raleigh. He had a truck. And Alan was in the band at Central, North Carolina Central Band. So me, Nabs, and Alan, we were in the band together. And Alan was the only white guy in the band. Okay. So, so me and that, me and Nabs would when we get booked a party, you had one of the things you had to do, you had to come pick us up. And so just like uh with house party where people had to come pick up uh Martin Lawrence to go to yeah. that was that was us. Uh, Alan, Alan had a little truck and um, he would um, take us to these little parties, you know, around Durham and stuff. And so, and then um, my turning point where I actually officially became a DJ was when Nabs went to Atlanta. Oh. Nabs was DJing at this place called the Ritz. Well, it's the Ritz now, but mm -hmm. at that time, the Ritz was called the Deck. You know what the Ritz is? No. Uh-uh. It's a little, it's a venue over off High Street, and it's called the Ritz. But um, but anyway, it's called. It was the the deck then. Uh -huh. At that time, you know, it was no Foxy or K ninety seven. It was just um a lot of AM radio stations, and Foxy one well put it away that year. Foxy one hundred seven and K ninety seven had just came on the air that year, eighty seven, eighty eight, and Nabs had been DJing at this this um place in Raleigh, and then he was getting ready to go to the National Guard and. He recommended me DJing there. Mm -hmm. And um, the first month, it was a summer party. It was the first hip-hop party here in Raleigh. It was the first time they ever had a, a hip-hop club on Sundays in the summertime. Mm -hmm. And um, 
and K97.5 had just came on the air that year. And um, uh, and then Run DMC, you got that shirt on and bring back so many memories. <laughs> Run DMC. Had, all time. I love them. <laughs> Run DMC had released the album Run's House that year. Okay, and yeah. Doing, and they were doing a promo tour. And K97 had just came on the air. And, and we were the only hip hop anything here in Raleigh. And so they brought Run DMC to the club the month after I had got there. Wow. And, and so when Jam Master J, and I, I'm going to show you this picture when I when we, when we get off the, um, when we leave the show, I'm going to send you this picture. But Jam Master J walked into the party and wanted to battle me. Oh. And, um, and but, but what happened was when Nabs left and went to Atlanta, he took half of the equipment with me. He, so I had, we had, I had one good turntable and then one little Radio Shack raggedy turntable and he touched <laughs> it the wrong way, the needle would jump. And, and Jamas J didn't know that, but when he walked in, he got on the mic and was just like, we run down, you know how Jamas J, we run down C and we, I'm, I'm, I'm battling, I'm taking all comers, I'm a battle anybody. And I'm just terrified. I'm just looking like, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm just as scared as I could be. Not necessarily that he was going to beat me in a battle, that he was going to see that I had these raggedy turns. <laughs> Judgment. <laughs> Judgment of the equipment. So I'm sitting there the whole time going, oh, God, I was going to be so embarrassed. <clears throat> and so he bragged and he talked to the crowd, the crowd all hyped. So he tried to get on the turntables. And, you know, some DJs at that time were either left-handed or right-handed. And so I had the good turntable on my good hand which was his bad hand. And he was trying to work the bad turntable. So every time he was DJing, trying to get his mix right, it was all, you know, it was just, it just looked all jacked up. And I, I felt so bad for him. But he, <laughs> but he just, I was just bad for the whole experience because it just messed up. I was, I could, you know, this is Jam Master Jay. I want to see him do his thing. Right. But I was just so embarrassed, just like, and then finally he got frustrated and got off and I came back to the party and and let me tell you the song that was out that week was It Takes Two by Rod Bass. Oh yes. And That's a put, banger. And when I put that song on, do 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 right about now. Mm -hmm. When I put that song on, the crowd went but it went I mean that room just went crazy. And um he wasn't even in the room when it was happening. But the crowd went crazy. And then from that day on, everybody, everybody was like, you the guy about Jam Master J. You the guy. I've been that guy ever since. <laughs> and, um, That's how they knew you. That's how they got to know you. And and I was I was that guy ever since. And um K97 was that was a first promotion. And um, and again, I was the only hip hop party in town that 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 during that time. And mm -hmm. I got on K9, I think it was two years later. I had my mix show on K97 and um, from 92 to maybe 96. And then I left uh, K97 on Radio 1 in 2010 and started my own agency, my marketing agency. And so, all right. And so, and then that's when I got back into DJ and it kind of helped my marketing agency, VSGmarketing.com, um, to get on, you know, get, you know, to support itself. And so I've been, I've been trying to get away from DJ, but I've been using my marketing skills to promote my DJ business. And that's, that's what caused it to be. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. I need to come holler at you. I need to give you my resume. Come work for you. 
Well, I, I def, I'm really, I'm at the point where I'm ready to need some help. So, but um, gotcha. I'm glad that you brought me in here. And, and again, I, I am passionate about DJing. I would, I would DJ if I didn't get paid for it. Um, I can tell you really enjoy it. It was, I mean, it was something that I always wanted to do, and the time was for it now because you know my kids are all adults, and I got all this free time to do it, and the opportunity is so good because. Um, you know, uh, a lot of the DJs quit DJing or, or can't find a way to, you know, to make money while they work at UPS or whatever they do full time. They can't really turn the corner on it because they've been, you know, led to believe that you can't make any money in clubs, but you can make any money. You can make all the money in weddings, but then they find out that weddings are pretty hard to do, you know? Yeah. Especially giving up every weekend. yeah all the way up to the wedding yeah but yeah but that's interesting that you say something about that because that was part of my next question like what what is your view of the business of DJing the way it is now versus when you first started or years ago um because let me just tell you why I'm asking you this question Mm -hmm. um I've I've managed DJs before Right. And when I'm trying to book them, I often run across the problem where these organizers are trying to lowball me on the price. Right. Right. Uh-huh. They're always talking about how much they're spending on this, that, and the third. But then when it comes to the DJ, they want a discount. They want this or they want that, but they don't want you to get any other door. And, and I mean, it's just, it was always something I was faced with. Right. And it used to really, it really bothered me because <laughs> as we were talking about before the show, the music and the DJ's performance at a gig can make or break a gig easily, easily. Mm-hmm. And if it, that's a very important part of, of the event. Right. And I felt like you all deserve to get your words, you get your value. Stop trying to lowball the DJ. <laughs> Stop asking a DJ to perform for four and a half, five hours, and you only want to pay them $150. Right. Stop doing that. Yeah. Right. And I'm I'm running across that now. But did you have you seen a change in that since you've been doing it so long? Has it gotten better out there for you guys, or is it still about the same? Well, I can't speak for the entire DJ industry, but I do. I do have a guide to help DJs. I do a podcast myself. I have a podcast on Sunday where I coach DJs on how to get gigs. Oh, okay. And, um, I have a I have a twelve step guide to help DJs get better gigs or the type of gigs they want. And I'm and I'm, I'm hoping to have it. Pu- I wanted to have it published before COVID, but COVID kind of threw it all off. But I think this year it, uh, I'm, I'm ready to publish it. But yes, that is an issue. Mm-hmm. And the DJs have been devalued over the years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, it, and if we go back to when I first started DJing, um, DJs, when I first started, one, it wasn't so many. It was it was my friend who DJed the high school parties. And then we had this other guy who was the adult DJ. He DJed all the adult parties. And then you had the white DJ, the DJ for white people. Okay. Was, those are the only three DJs in my town. Okay. And then, and then you had these wannabe guys that wanted to be DJs that couldn't quite crack the top level, but it was still still only one, three DJs. And that's how it was in most towns. When mm-hmm. I came to North Carolina Central in the 80s, I was the only DJ on campus. It wasn't 50, I mean, it was it was me 
and maybe a handful of other DJs just around the city. But it was only one main DJ company in Durham and maybe another one in Raleigh. So mm-hmm. here we are now, uh, 30 years later, and there's a DJ on every corner. It's, 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 it's hundreds of, I know 10 DJs right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's DJs everywhere, but before it wasn't like that. So that's one issue. Mm-hmm. The other thing in the 80s and 90s too, is that there weren't anything as such thing as a mobile DJ. Okay, it was either a club DJ, a radio DJ, and then you had this big festival DJ or some guy that had a lot of speakers that he brought out to a park or a festival, and then he may have had a bunch of little DJs DJ under him. He had that situation. Mm-hmm. But then you fast forward to 2000, and you can buy, you can go to Sam Ash or Guitar Center and buy two little speakers and an amp and a controller and a laptop. And now you're doing backyard cookouts, you're doing parties, you're doing weddings, you know, is anybody with, you know, a thousand dollars can be a DJ now. So the, so what, so it's, it's like a supply and demand for it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's another issue. Again, you know, uh, so again, back in the eighties and nineties, people didn't have DJs at their wedding. They had a piano player. They may have had a little radio playing or somebody play records, but not a full blown DJ oh. at their wedding. And so that was mm-hmm. so that was that was a thing. So now again, now it's 2010. Now it's a business. It's a mobile DJ business. So it's it's about who can afford it. So you got Johnny the DJ. You know, Johnny the DJ can afford speakers, can afford a truck, can afford flyers, can afford, you know, promotion. He can go to the, the bridal shows, he can charge $1,500. But Johnny don't even know how to beat matches or, or scratch or anything. Or he just wears a bow tie and he just markets himself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then you got the, the guy who's been DJing in his bedroom, got all the skills, but he doesn't have the right equipment. He doesn't have the right marketing skills, the professionalism. When he shows up to the party, uh, he ain't even got a table cover. He just he's got a tablecloth and you know he just looks like he's just out in the park trying to DJ somebody's wedding. So that's a part of it. It's the professionalism. Got it. You got DJs can't talk on the mic, which is the first, to me is the number one skill to being a DJ is, is knowing how to talk on the mic. So you got that. And you got people who really think they're a DJ, but they it's a profession. It's like when you go to the dentist's office, you know, the guy's had some kind of training. He had some kind of experience. He's he he doesn't he doesn't pull your teeth with a you know pair of pliers and some tweezers. You know, he he's he has some schooling. And some skill at it. Yeah. And so you're dealing with that. Now, the reason why your guy's only getting $150 is because he's not there. The, the role of a DJ at a club and for a promoter. Okay. Mm. Yeah. He is setting the vibe. He is setting the environment, experience, and entertainment. But the crowd don't know that until they get in the building. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I've been preaching this since I got back into DJing in 2010, is that DJs should be, take the promoter out of the equation altogether. And if the DJ became the promoter for the bar owner of the venue, he would get paid more money. And so the DJs that I followed growing up were all promoters. They were all, my friend Beaver, uh, his name was Beaver. Uh, when he did that, that high school party every Friday, he went and rented the school commons area he had his uncle at the door and they collected $5 from every student that walked in that door. And he did that every week for five years. And then he got old enough to go into bars and clubs and he would book the club, the club owner. He he just ran the bar 
he didn't he wasn't the D, he didn't have his nephew DJ and he he had a bar and so mm -hmm. he depended on the DJ to be the promoter and now the DJ can have a team on his he can have a promoter on his team he can have somebody like you to be his promoter but the onus is on him to go to that bar owner and say hey I want to promote I want to bring 25 people to this bar every week or this nightclub every week 50 people, 100 people this week, and you're going to give me the door or you're going to give me a percentage of the door or percentage of the bar. That is, that to me is the way to go. You know, yeah. that, that's the, to me, the only solution. Now, if, now again, some DJs are popular where the, the, the bar owner sees value and they, they might pay them $500 more than the industry average. Mm -hmm. But if the, to me, the, it, the solution is the DJ becomes the promoter. And so, and then the other thing too, that hundred and fifty dollars, it 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 appears to be a little bit of money that night. But when you think of it, but if you DJ for hundred and fifty dollars, not on a Saturday night, but let's say on a Monday night, and it's two hundred dollars a night or two fifty. Let's say it's two fifty. Let's get let's, so it ends up a thousand dollars at the end of the month. A thousand dollars a month can pay your rent. A thousand dollars a month you can afford a Lexus. You know, a thousand dollars a month. At the end of the year, it's $12,000. You can take that $12,000 and invest it in an IRA or in real, real estate, um, hire somebody to be your marketing promotion, improve your equipment. So just say it's, look at it like it's only $250 while the owner is making $25,000. No, you, you're only worth what the, what the, your perceived is worth. If he thought you was worth a thousand dollars, he would pay you a thousand dollars if he didn't have any other option. And so the onus is on you to create more value. And the value is not playing music and beat matching and scratching. The value is how many people walk in that door and buy a margarita. That's really where the money is because one person can buy three drinks and that's $45 right there, a person. And it's, if it's a hundred people in there, that's $4,500 that the bar owner has made just in drinks because of what you brought to the table, just a hundred people, right. you know? And so mm -hmm. if DJ's focused on that instead of lights and fog and, and crab scratching and beat matching and that kind of thing. They focused on that. They focus on 50 people. I had a bar owner tell me if I, if I just brought 15 people, I'm good. And I'm like, I don't know, 15 people? It'd be, it's hard getting 15 people to come see you DJ. And that, that's a wake-up call. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, you're a good DJ, but are they going to put on it? Are they going to get their hair done and nails done? Are they going to drive all the way from Raleigh to Durham or Hillsborough, Hillsborough or whatever to come see you DJ? You know, but I don't think, I don't think that, I think they come and they, they try to pick up somebody, try to make a hookup or get some <laughs> drinks. I don't think they come to see the DJ. I think, if they get there and it's a jukebox, I think they'll be satisfied, you know? Yeah, see, I'm different. I'm so different. <laughs> I don't know. I just had this weird, weird affinity for DJs. I don't know where it came from, where it started. Well, yeah, I do. I well, do. There, there was that. I mean, there are people who are there to be entertained by the DJ. I mean, there are people oh, that yeah. sit and watch. I'm, I'm, I'm her. I am her. <laughs> I am her. I, I will go see a DJ that I know is good, perform. And I will drive to go see them. Okay. And that, and you know, that's a lot for me because I, I don't go everywhere for everybody. And, wow. and but pre-pandemic, I was everywhere. Okay. Everywhere. You saw me about six days a week at somebody's DJ set. 
Okay. I mean, that's I the power was. For that. I need to show more appreciation because I, I really, I'm so focused on making sure that my bar owner, my venue owner is satisfied. Mm-hmm. So even the soda crowd is satisfied. And that's just my focus. And so, yeah. But, but um, do you ever, do you ever perform your, or deliver your services without having the signed contract? Do yes. you ever do that? Yes. Is it just for people that you know, or do you do that with new new customers too? It really it really depends on how much I have to invest up front. Got you. And so if, if I have to make an investment up front. Now again, corporate events and uh again, weddings, there is a contract. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean it was well, an agreement. I wouldn't even call it a contract, I would just call it an agreement. Mm-hmm. But to a bar owner, I mean, it is what it is. One, a bar owner is not going to respect a contract anyway. Um, they're not going to respect it anyway. And um, but I don't. I avoid promoters. I, I, I. It's not that I refuse to DJ for a promoter. I'm not pressed to DJ for a promoter. If, if a promoter is involved, I really don't even want to. You know, it really don't even interest me unless it's like a Tuesday afternoon. You know day party or something like that but because you because you do your own you do a good job of doing your own promotion you don't need to deal with their promoter because you're going to promote the gig yourself yeah, I, yeah I, i'm yeah my competitor is not another dj my competitor is the promoter that that's i i am a promoter first right before i'm a dj now Got i will it. dj again a corporate event which is to me is a service mm-hmm. before as as somebody that you know, the, the crowd's going to be there whether I'm there or not. But to a bar or a restaurant, I don't want to promote it in between my money. You know, I, I'm only, I can, hey, I can, I can put out flyers. I can put out uh, email e-blasts. I can, you know, I can shake hands and kiss babies and walk around the club and, you know, I can walk around the mall and, and tell, hey, you look, you, you come to my party. I, I can do that. Why do I need a promoter for that, you know? The music is is so second nature to me. I don't even have to, you know, I don't want to say I don't practice, but it's it's not something that I spend a lot of time prepping mm-hmm. for. You know, I, I prep for that flyer. Right now, I got a, a thing I'm working on Wednesday and the owner of the club is hadn't called me back and he wants me to do this Wednesday night. Well, we need to start promoting it now. And so... But when I was just DJing, I wouldn't even, here it is Saturday and the event is Wednesday, I wouldn't even be thinking about it. I'd be thinking about well, what, what, what records I'm going to play, what, how I'm going to do this transition, how I'm going to do what, what I'm going to wear, you know, what time I'm going to get there. And you get there and nobody's there. And then the promoter looks at you, oh, I got to give you $250 for that. You know, I want to make sure that that not only, you know, Wednesday is decent, that we got something to build on. And at the end of the month, it's a thousand dollars, you know, and you, you know, it's seven days a week, you know, and I want to do, I want to DJ four out of the seven. And then plus I got my marketing agency. So, and then, oh, you know, yeah, that's, that's, but, I, but here's the thing. I got time to do that. Now I didn't have time when I had, you know, when I had kids and home and that kind of thing. Right. You know? So, but now you're doing your marketing yeah. company and then you're DJing. And so you're doing both of those things. That's, they're both your career, so to speak. Right. This is not just a hobby for you. No, you, it's my, you do the thing. No, what I'm saying. It's not easy. It's a struggle. It's, it was. It was hard giving up that that steady paycheck, you know. And like I said, right. it's, Some weeks, some months. It's it's like it's after Christmas. Ain't nobody doing nothing right 
see, this is the perfect time to have something, really, because a lot of people don't during this time of year. It's a, it's a, it's, I guess January is, is somewhat a reset. And, 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 mm-hmm. and in my experience in marketing, really with any company, any product, the, the really the work doesn't begin until to May. They see May to January, December is really when businesses make most of their money. Mm-hmm. The first three months of the year, they're just re, they just strategize and getting their inventory supply lines in place. And then once the weather break, they want to make sure they got enough supply and they got enough help and, and employees in place. So when they really start making money. You know, May through December, they 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 finished the year strong. But now, right. you know, now these business owners they they ain't focused on nothing right now. Mm-mm. Well, let me ask you another business question, and then I'm gonna throw it back to Dennis. Um, have you ever had a time when you booked a gig and they told you their expectations? They said, "Okay, I want you to come to this venue, and I want you to do this, this, and this." And you're like, "Cool, bet I'm there." And then you get there. And they want you to do something else on top of what they already agreed on. They didn't say anything about more money. You didn't tell me you wanted me to do this too now. Well, where is this coming from? Has that happened to you? And if so, how did you handle it? Yeah, people are slick with that cost. People are slick oh, with yeah, that. They slide it in there, won't they? Just... <laughs> yeah, and, and again, uh, the, again the, uh, you know, I, I got two halves of my DJ career. Again, it was the, the you know, the mixtape, the radio club. Then I took a layoff and then I became a mobile DJ. Mm-hmm. And that's when that was one of the frustrating, frustrating things about being a mobile DJ is because uh, you want one, you want to get paid at the end of the night. And then the other thing, too, you want the customer to feel comfortable in um that they had a, that you did a good service to them and so so yeah you get you know you get your little ego um bruise when they say well the other dj he brought x y he brought some lights and this other dj had fog and this mm-hmm. other dj he had this and so you know well we didn't agree on that and so you you want to you know you, you again you want to feel like you're doing your best or you presented your best and then you end up doing stuff you don't necessarily want to do. But again, um, if if the vibe of the vibe of the owner, the vibe of the promoter, the vibe of the place is not what I'm feeling, then I, I I can get a sense of that right from the beginning. And but in the early days, I would yeah I would make a mistake like that and, and provide more than what I planned to. But now I didn't had enough to know what to ask and what not to ask and what and recognize what I'm dealing with, you know. So they can't be sliding that stuff in on you, trying to slide something in there. Now, now you didn't say you wanted me to do that. Now, <laughs> yeah, but I, do, uh, but I do pride myself on doing more than what I'm what what I agreed to do. So, so, but I like to bring it to the table versus him demanding that I do it. You know, or at exactly. least try to guilt me into doing it. So, but right. I typically bring more than what I what I um at least do more than what as expected. You know? Now I've heard grumblings from some of the DJs that they think you guys should unionize in the triangle. What do you think about that? No. Having a DJ union? No, no. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think that you would vibe with that. I didn't think that no business on the earth. There's no business on earth business where you were the owner where everybody is paid the same. Now, if you if you're working at Amazon and, and you work for Amazon, 
then y'all need a union. <laughs> right. Y'all needs to pay y'all benefits and 401, whatever, whatever y'all think y'all deserve from that company, then yeah, y'all should unionize and get together and demand whatever. But I, there's no industry in the world where people should be paid the same thing. No, not in the dentist industry, plumbing, hair salons, restaurants, uh, you name the business, nobody, there are no, nobody's equal. Nobody's suggesting that it should be equal. You know, the word is no. If, if the client <laughs> can't afford you, then mm -hmm. you, it, the onus is on you to, to, to show your value or deal with a different type of clientele. I'm like, no, no is no too. You don't, that's one thing I, I did learn. Just because they ask you to do the gig and you don't have something on your calendar, you don't have to take it. Oh. Don't. You can say no and move on to the next one. But I'm not well, a really a price issue. I um, I you know, it. it I look at um, what is it? Saturday? Like I don't have a gig right now, right? Mm -hmm. And tip now, if you call me again, if you call me Sharon and you need, and you're having a family reunion in August, that price is actually going to be higher. Mm -hmm. But your favorite, but Sharon, you say, Travis, look, um, my family union is this afternoon, and DJ we had, we he didn't show up. All we got is one hundred fifty dollars. You might, you might give me the roll off the couch for that, right? But you right. might get one hundred fifty dollars <laughs> from me at your family union in August, right? That makes sense. You know? That that makes sense. If it's per special oh. circumstance like that at the last minute, yeah. I could, yeah, I can yeah. agree with you on that. And I'm going to tell you one thing that DJs, DJs have egos that I think are inflated too. And, um, and before I got into DJing, just right before I just got into DJing, I was, I was working at K97 and they was having a concert at the PNC, it wasn't the PNC arena, I don't know what it was then, but it was at the PNC arena. Mm -hmm. It was a fresh fest tour. It was Keith Sweat, SWV. Oh yeah. Uh, who else was mm -hmm. there? Tony, Tony, Tony and Guy. And Carl was the Carl Thomas wasn't there? Was he there? He might have been too, but this would have been 2008 or 2007, somewhere around that. Mm -hmm. And I was working with the promoter, and the promoter throwed in the last minute, uh, Travis, we need a DJ. Uh, the DJ 45 minutes before the show starts. And at that time, I was just starting to get my interest back in the DJ, but I wasn't quite out there yet. Yeah. I called Ed, I ain't gonna name the names I call Sharon, but I called all the just usual suspects. I said, hey, look, I got a promoter. They need somebody to open up for Keith Sweat at the show. It's just 45 minutes. Uh, they'll give you four tickets. Wow. And um, and I called every DJ I know. And it was like, how much they pay? How much they pay? How much they gonna pay? How much they gonna pay? I ain't, I'm not rolling out my castle. That's no fine. I got every, you know, all the usual things that DJs say that they won't do. So anyway, I was just, I won't quite there back yet, but I, I, was, I had a just enough to get on board. Uh -huh. so I told my promoter, I said, look, I'm gonna come and, and I'm gonna DJ. It's just 45 minutes. And so when, they, when I came in, I had this little control, this little tiny little Hercules. It was just a little <laughs> amateur control or whatever. And as soon as I walked into the arena, because I wasn't on the main stage, I was like where the sound guy was. Okay. So, but it was in the center of the arena on the floor, uh -huh. and the platform. And everybody, as they were walking in, they could see me on this platform, you know. And and so I'm just playing music. I'm just playing music off my laptop. I got this little teeny top. I won't even know bigger than a little laptop. Just playing music. And um, and 
And then as people was walking in, they were seeing me, Sharon, because, you know, I used to, like, in, in the 80s and 90s, I was on the radio, and everybody knew me as a DJ, so and it was this Fresh Fest event, so people were like, oh, yeah, there's Travis. Yeah, people was walking in, everybody was looking at me, like, hey, there's Travis. Oh, it was just, and still to this day, that was another moment <laughs> that, that um, set me, set me to the next, put me to the next stage. Mm-hmm. Now I'm the guy that was at the Fresh Fest concert. <laughs> now you know so now that's on my resume i dj for keep sweat you okay. know and so now that so what is that worth to you as a marketing person you know yeah and so but again Junebug is having a party down at the, the sugar shack no i'm not doing a, a free party for him for exposure no i'm not doing that mm-hmm. but if if keep sweat called me Today and say, hey man, I need a DJ to spin my after party. I'm gonna do a walkthrough. I need somebody to play music. You know, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna do it. You know, that's a, that's worth doing it. You know? Exactly. You know? I, exactly. I heard that guy say they won't DJ on the radio for free. I mean, it's a free infomercial for three hours. The show that, I, and I do get paid for the show I do on Friday nights, but mm-hmm. the infomercial. That's a three hour infomercial. You know, that's cool. Exposure does count for something if it's, Our, if it's the right quality of that experience. exactly not just anywhere right mm-hmm. you want to be perceived that they did pay i want to be perceived that somebody paid me a thousand dollars but mm-hmm. but if you always doing the sugar shack for a hundred dollars then they only always see you as a sugar shack DJ. exactly that's that sugar shack DJ. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. all right mr dennis it's back yeah. to you uh well being the fact that you was on the radio and everything and then you started DJing. Did you like have, I know you got events that you do, you know, you so much of the Thursday event, the TGI Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Um, did you did you have like big specific events? You know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna say a thousand people. Yeah, that's, that's the Playlist Concert Series. That's the event. Because what happened when I started doing the Friday Night Mix Show, um, the first year was just a straight up mix show on Friday night. It's three hours. You know, we played old school music. And then uh, Durham Central Park came to the station and said, hey, we're planning a first Friday concert in the summer. And um, we're going to bring live bands and it's going to be uh, a three hour event. We're going to have vendors and everything. And then the radio station said, well, no, no, I, I was talking about your event. Like, this is your, all you, like, you planned it, you put it together. You oh, we planned it all. Yeah. Well, this, right this now, whole, yeah. right now, I'm not, I'm not planning any events with my name on it, or just I went to the bar owner and told him to give me the door. I'm not doing that. I don't personally. I don't have that kind of follow. Oh, okay, that's what I was asking. But what I do do is I do go to bar owners and I say, hey, you looks like you got a night that's struggling, and it looks like whoever you're working with is not doing X, Y, Z book my marketing company, VSG Marketing, and let me shore up areas you need help with in marketing, meaning that let me fix your website, let me fix your social media, let's, let's get the DJ in line where we can make sure it's the right vibe, you know, let's create a way to capture leads, uh, emails, uh, when we're in the bar, because I, I feel like if I'm going to market your business, I have to understand your business, so it does help me to be a DJ, that I'm actually setting the vibe, so you know, um, like for instance, he may had this other DJ that was playing the wrong kind of music. Um, like for me, I don't play dirty music at all, period. Okay. And for some people, 
they they claim they don't they won't they don't like the party unless it's, it's the dirty version. I which I disagree. And there are some people that don't want to hear that. And I I think there's more people that don't want to hear it than do. And and so so if 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 the DJ owner is consistent with me, and I do my job. Over time, I can clean up his crap. I can okay. I can clean up his riff. I can get his riff raff. Now there are moments where I do let some songs you just can't help but playing the dirty version. Uh, Big Mama thing by Lil Kim. Uh, Ain't no fun by Snoop Dogg. I'll play that dirty. Right, no I'll play fun. that version, but I I won't play it till like 12, 30, 1 o'clock. But I'm not playing the songs that you typically hear on the radio, like this the, the Glorilla chick, uh, you know. Yeah. Like I, 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 you know, I'm not feeling that vibe anyway. I, but I, I would not uh, feel that vibe. Just, at, yeah. I wouldn't play that song at ten o'clock. I, you know, it's just because I know there's a ten o'clock person that ain't into that. You know, that's a that's a one thirty person, a twelve thirty person, and so when I go to a bar at fifty or forty. I don't want to be, I don't want it to be ratchet. You know, I don't, if it's ratchet at nine o'clock, that's not where I want to be, you know? And so, especially here in Raleigh, I mean, Raleigh to me is a bougie kind of town. So <laughs> true. You know, so <laughs> I don't want to be even associated with, I want to be associated with bougie. <laughs> and so when people, when now people, have you, uh, have you done karaoke events? Yep. Uh, I gotta get props out to DJ R&B. If it wasn't for R&B, I wouldn't even have a DJ career because he he schooled me and hit me to karaoke, and uh, karaoke really set the tone for the rest of my DJ career. Without without karaoke, I wouldn't even be DJing right now. And so that's that's the and and we're back to people going out and having a good time, and not worrying about dancing. And so. Um, so I have to give a shout out to to, to uh, R and B for showing give me the yeah DJ R and B that's friend of the show friend of yeah. the show we had him on mm, he was our first DJ guest yeah what happened to him he he blew up the karaoke scene here with his style mm -hmm. of karaoke called trap karaoke and no. um, and then um, he was the only one doing it and so I, and so at TJ Friday I was doing uh, Sharon I was doing Sunday nights at TJ Friday's old school and nobody was coming I remember. And uh, nobody was coming, and so they no, they had me do Friday nights. Mm -hmm. But I was too old for Friday, and then they had me do Sunday, and nobody was coming, so they wanted to bring another DJ for Sunday. But they felt bad because I was a good DJ, and they liked my vibe, and they mm -hmm. just didn't want to cut me loose. They said, "Okay, well, Travis, we need somebody to do karaoke," and I had no clue what I, I thought karaoke was something that old DJs went to do it when they was. <laughs> It was like not me. It was like something I was dreaded doing. Mm -hmm. and then I went to go see RB one night and saw how he was doing it. And I was like, okay, I see where, he, where this is about now. And it was it was people having a good time, people was vibing. It was it was pretty good. And then I just I didn't do it like him. I just kind of made it my own style. Uh-huh. And then that it took off from there. And um and, and uh and yeah, so people know me more as a karaoke DJ than I am a, a regular DJ. Even really? though I, I don't want to be known as a karaoke DJ, but now I heard I heard that the karaoke DJing was easier than regular DJ. Mm. I, I wouldn't say it's regular; it's just different because, uh, you, like for instance, like hip hop, you got break dancers, right? Right. right. 
So in karaoke, you got karaoke singers. You got core karaoke people that that when they go out to karaoke, they that's what they're there to do, like break dancers, like hip hop. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's people that like hip hop and they come out to the party, but it's break dancers waiting for the break beats to start so they can start break dancing. So right. you got karaoke people on a Friday night, they might go to three karaoke bars mm-hmm. for karaoke. So they so they'll go, it's eight o'clock, they'll go to this bar, they'll sing that one song, and then they'll go to another bar at 10 o'clock, sing that same song. And then they go at 11 o'clock, they'll go to another bar to sing that same song. Mm-hmm. That the that they'll go to three places to sing that one song and they'll do that every week for the rest of their life. Yeah. You know? I know a guy, he has a list of songs that he that's all he does. Like yeah, he does the same song. He does and the he same knows. list of songs. I said, You didn't you didn't improve your list at all? Like it's been like been like six months. You ain't improved your list of no. This is it. I said, yeah. You don't have no duets you could do with the money. <laughs> this is yeah, it, right? So, he showed me his list too. He's like, This is it, it's all I got. Yeah, so it's the core, it's a core people that's in the karaoke like that. And then there's people that's sitting that want to try it and they know they can't sing, but they see people having fun and they get up and do it. And then you got people that didn't that they came to the restaurant, that came to the event, they had no idea it was karaoke. They just got to sit through it. And so I'm that that was me. <laughs> you know, before I got into karaoke, I, I could take it or leave it. And um, but um, but it again it saved my career and stuff. So because love karaoke. I would say a third of my business comes from karaoke. Without karaoke, I wouldn't even be DJing right now. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, that Kingdom Kingdom Karaoke took over the triangle quickly. Kingdom Karaoke, shout out to DJ R&B. Yep, I got to give him his props on that. Yeah. All right, well, it's back to you, Sharon, with your five-star shout out. Oh, okay. All right, so... We're coming to the end of the show. And at the end of the show, I like to do what I call a five-star shout out. And what that is, is just rapid fire questions. I'm going to ask you these questions. Oh you just oh give my. me the one answer. We're going to move on to the next question. Just okay. boom, 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 like that. Okay. I'm gonna try. How many seconds do I get for an answer? Ten. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if my brain can move that fast. No, nah, these are easy. It's nothing to think about too much. Okay. All right, you ready though? You ready? Yeah. Yep. Ready, Dennis? You gonna play along? No, you ready? No, I play along. Come on. All right. First question: High tops or low tops? High tops. High tops. I'm a low top guy. All right. Flats or drums? Drums. You know, I was, I was, I've been drums all my life, but I'm a flat guy now. Cool. Who's the goat NFL quarterback? Oh, Tom Brady. Joe Willard, Montana. That's right. Or, or you know, Joe Cool. All Joe right. Uh, the fourth one. In terms of voice, mm. Mariah Carey or Whitney Houston? Whitney. But I like more Mariah music. Oh, God. I think... Mariah has more range than Whitney. Range? Range and control, yes. Oh. All right. My last question is my favorite question to ask. Do you watch the WNBA? Yes. (laughs) I don't think I've watched the game. I don't think I've ever watched the whole game. I think I've watched highlights. Got to watch the game, man. You got to help those women out. 
help the women out. There's more male, male sports fans than wimp than female, you know. Yeah, I know, but we, but us men, we watch our male sports. So y'all women got to step yeah, up. <laughs> we do. We watch it. We don't watch. See, women don't watch sports in general as much as men, period. Male or female. We just don't. Not as much. If they had on bikinis and thongs, we might watch, but that's see, see, (laughs) y'all gotta get out of that sexualization stuff just for two hours. Dang. (laughs) I don't have that problem. (laughs) It was a bad, I know that was a bad taste joke, but it just it was just there right on the table to take. So (laughs) that's all right. All right, Dennis. That's my shout out. Thanks for playing. Yes, yes. I thought uh, you were going to ask me the greatest five MCs. I thought you were going to ask me something like that. You know? No, nah, no, nah, no. Nah. These are questions that don't have nothing to do with what you, your topic. That's yeah. what I do. Wait, wait, wait. Let me, well, let me ask you this. You've been DJing for a while. Yeah. What, are, what, are, what are three songs that you got to play? You got to play these three songs to get you up. Oh, my. Why you DJing? Uh, three songs. Three songs. Um I'm a big Biggie fan. I can listen to Biggie all night. Um, so can he. I don't, I don't have one Biggie song, but I can listen to Biggie Smalls all night. So it's got to be one of his. Um, you mean at a party or just one of my favorites? Uh, one of your favorites. Okay. Um, we're still back to Biggie. It's, uh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to pinpoint a Biggie song. Um, I wish I could say R. Kelly, but I, I'm embarrassed to say it. Uh, you can say it. I still like R. Music. Kelly. You ain't saying you best friends with him. I still <laughs> like R. Kelly's music. I still like Happy People. I still like For the Name of Love. I still that's. I think that's the greatest song that was written this century. I think that's. The, I think that's the one. Well, step in the name of love. I miss that song. And, mm-hmm. and um, and sad that that happened. And then Michael Jackson. Um, I'm trying to think. I do a Michael Jackson set, but um, Human Nature. Nah, not Human Nature, but it's um, I want to say Rock with You. I got a version of Rock with You that Rock I really with like, you. and so. But those are the three songs I like. There's so many songs I like, but it's I know that one in particular. Those are the three that would get me going. Any any Biggie song, and the uh, Michael Jackson Rock with You, and then I like Step in the Name of Love. I like. Mm-hmm. When you talk about a song they just can't lose every time I play it. Now, I, I did an event, a 60th, 60 plus birthday party. Uh-huh. I had been playing music the whole time while I was eating dinner. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get this crowd to dance. And, and now when we DJ, we wonder if playing that R. Kelly song is going to turn the crowd off or are they going to just ignore it and keep it moving. And it's been hit. I, I haven't gotten it right yet. And so, but I, Played the song for the 65 plus year old crowd, played Step in the Name of Love, and they all got up and started dancing. And so that's, I, I, I think that to me is the best song written this, in the last 25 years. That's the song, boy. Step in the Name of Love. What would be the, what, what would be the number one song that's bound to bring the people out to the dance floor all the time, though? Every, every time. Well, any of the line dances. I mean, besides, besides the line dances, yeah. Besides the line dances, every time. Oh God, that's. See, I need to have my playlist up. Um, you named I, one. You named one earlier. It takes two. Well, you know, it, it takes two is starting to wear off. Really? 
I think Beyonce hold court on that. Um, I think, oh, I think um, Beyonce wins with any of her five top songs. What she about wins. that song? Um, mm. um, she wins. She wins with uh, "Get Me Body." Love on top. Get me body. Get me body. Get me body. Crazy in love. Oh my God! Get Get me body. I, 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 you can't keep the women from running on the floor when "Get Me Body" comes on. Single ladies, love on top. She wins mm -hmm. every time. Beyonce wins, and before I let go, I mean, the Cuff It song, which I'm, I'm surprised they all like that too. You know, she she wins every time. Yeah, she can't miss. Yep, she was the greatest performance too. I have to give her a props. I've seen her, I've seen her perform many times, and, mm -hmm. I, and I had a, a floor seats one time, and I've seen her perform, and I was like, man, and I've seen a lot of performance. She's athletic, and she can sing, and she got good music, and she choreographed. She's 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 a, she's a great performer. She's awesome. Mm -hmm. All right, Dennis. Well, listen, uh, Shannon, do you have any last words here? Well, I just want to. I will first thank DJ Travis Gales for coming on today. Yes. I want him to tell the people how to best get in touch with him. I do see his his uh, website address up there. Um, tell everybody where he's located and how to get in touch with him for his okay. services and give us a final thought Okay, from you, Mr. Gales. All right. So as you can see, let me see if I can do this right. As you can see, if you look in the book, me, you can go to <laughs> djtravisgales.com. That's where you can get some information on me about if you're looking for a DJ. Um, however, I am passionate about people who are who have small business owners or people who got their one foot out the door of their corporate job and they want to start their own business and they, they're looking for traffic and they're looking for customers and they're looking for ideas uh, for their business. Um, they can go to my other uh, company, VSG Marketing. Um, that's that's how I eat <laughs> and sustain myself. But as far as DJing, um, uh, I you know I, if if you're a DJ. I can suggest you do is just keep studying, keep learning, keep practicing. Uh, watch other DJs. Mm -hmm. Think of other DJs as your competitors. They don't necessarily have to be your friends, but don't look at them as their competitor if they happen to be a little further along than you or below you. Um, just try to learn a little something from everybody. Um, again, I want to thank y'all for you know thinking that my time was worthy enough to be a part of your show. Um, I'm glad I got a chance to get to talk to you, Sharon, because like I said, I see you on my timeline just about every day, and we got a lot of mutual friends. So, yes, we do. So maybe there's an opportunity. We're gonna have to schedule schedule a meeting. Yeah, yeah, because I I did go to your website and I saw that you you and I share some talents that, together that I might we might can help one another out for that. Thank you, uh, Dennis. We got a few things in common too. We got a little Philly connection, and so uh, thank you for you. And you asked some really great questions, man. Very insightful questions, and, and um. Oh, I gotta thank the chocolate girl for that. She's uh, <laughs> she's one of the best. I gotta thank the chocolate girl for that. I had a had a busy work week. I always gotta thank the chocolate girl for that. Thank you. So, so hopefully, uh, you guys can invite me back on a you know best of show or something like that. Oh yeah, no doubt. That'd be that'd be nice to have all no the DJs come back for a best of show. Oh, that would be dope. Yeah, yeah. We're great with that. And then again, I really e, e Rocker was the only one to show his like DJ equipment. Yep. Yeah, and then, and then finally, if you guys, uh, if you're watching or you're listening, um, I do host a, a radio show on Friday nights on 90.7 FM. It's the Friday night old school mix. 
even though I played music from the 70s and 80s funk soul, and now what we call new disco, that's my slogan. Now what we call new disco, that means I play a little bit of everything. And so I'm um, so on Friday nights on WNCU 90.7 FM. And we can, you can hear it online or or hit me up on my Instagram, my favorite DJ NC or my favorite DJ NC.com. Thank you guys. Oh, right. that's, your, that's your Instagram name? My favorite DJ NC. Okay, hold on. I mean, I'm gonna have to look you up now on Instagram. Hold on. My favorite DJ. Well, while you looking him up, I'm gonna DJ give my... NC. Don't forget to add the NC. My NC on the end. Mm-hmm. And while you looking that up, I'm gonna give my final thoughts for the day. You know, I I've often said on this program how we should let people know uh, often what they mean to you, how much you love them. And if there's a problem between you, um, you and somebody, you need to hurry up and solve it because tomorrow is not promised. So this week's incident with um, Damar Hamlin collapsing on the field, hits home on this. You know, life is fleeting. We should treasure it, respect it, and understand how fragile it is. Live each day spreading light and love because it could be your final act on earth every day. So that's my final thought. Back to you, Dennis. Yes, yes. All right, I, I got you now. Just <laughs> followed you on Instagram. Um, I like, again, Sharon was right about what happened to Mar Hamlet, you know what I mean? Uh, after I got the news that he started talking and everything, I got a little selfish, I'm not gonna lie. I got selfish because I was worried about my fantasy football. After that, once I found out he was good, he was talking, everything was good with him. But at the end of the day, you know, like me and um, my OG, when I called him up and I was asking him about the fantasy football situation and I'm going against him, one of the first things we said, I said, man, I've been watching football since 90. I said, you've been watching since the 70s. I said, we ain't never seen nothing like this. And he was like, no, I ain't never seen nothing like this at all. You know, and another thing we were sitting there both saying, we was like, you know, being the fact that, you know, this happened, you never know, you know, what's the impact of the NFL now and how his family feel. You know, one of the first things he said, he was like, you know, as soon as I seen that young man down there, people started crying. First thing I thought about was Hank Gathers. And he said, I wonder how Hank Gathers' family felt that they just took him right off, put him in the ambulance, and then they continued the game. And then that, that was just one of the first things he thought about. So, you know, a lot of people upset me. I was selfish at that moment as well. So I'm not going to just sit here and say those oh, selfish people. I was selfish at that moment as well. Wasn't Skip Baylor selfish, but I was selfish. Um, I'm going to say, you know, don't take things for granted. This, 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 this life here that we have is precious. Do not take things for granted. That's what I'm going to say. That's right. Yeah. And DJ Travis Gilt again, thank you for coming out. DJ E Rocky had to go. He had some family time he had to spend, but I'm glad he came out. Make sure y'all tune in with us each and every Saturday at 10 a.m. Saturday morning show. Your favorite Saturday morning show, the side joint. God bless. Great day. <laughs>